Hello and welcome to a call it Christmas special of NFL Only Better. Oh, yeah, here next week as well. So we have two Christmas specials, really. One pre and one post. I'm here to Connor Chine by Mike Carson and John Bob. John's a little under the weather as well. People. In so a sense, really yeah, in a sense, every week is a Christmas special because they're either anyway. before or after Christmas. Yeah, exactly. Just like our mid-season special, which comes to generally after or before mid-season. So, yeah, we've got you all covered here. Who can tell when the mid-season of a 17-week season is? <laughs> very difficult to sort of put a finger on it. Um, what a crazy week it was in the NFL. Um, we were just discussing off air, just loads of games where the handicap was so close. Um, loads of tight finishes, loads of surprises, as you would expect. But obviously, there were two headlines that came out of the weekend. Uh, they were the Minnesota Vikings coming back f- uh, from a record uh, being down and winning a game, and then obviously the crazy end to the <laughs> Raiders uh, Patriots game, which has uh, really affected Patriots fans all around the world, including some of friends of ours who have decided now they're never going to watch football. Yeah, never going <laughs> to yeah. watch football again. Uh, Mike, as our resident Patriot, sort of, um, sort of, <laughs> like. <laughs> What the hell happened? <laughs> well, I mean, it, it was a it was a crazy game in many ways, and um, you know, the Patriots obviously never should have been doing that stuff on the last play of the game in a tie game. It's about to go to overtime, uh, and it was not a coached decision. You know, the the play was not designed to be a multilateral kind of play, but Stevenson gained so many yards, he then wanted to keep it alive and lateraled it back to Jacoby Myers, who literally had almost nowhere to go. But my it was Myers' decision to try to throw the ball across field to Mac Jones, who's arguably the slowest, least athletic person in, in the NFL, um, <laughs> and see what he could do. And Myers, who was a high school quarterback, as we keep getting reminded when they run option passes, got it about halfway there. <laughs> and Chandler Jones, who had been blocked out of the play and was very slow getting up, got up in time to pick it up. And then um, the funniest thing to me was, was uh, Mac Jones tried to tackle it. Which, yeah, that was great. You know, I mean, all he, all he really needed to do was jump on his back and hang on, you know, and then wait for somebody else to help him. But, but literally all the Patriots linemen were downfield trying to block for the run. Um, I think they were all getting excited. On the sidelines, you can see Matt Patricia as Stevenson's running, and he's clapping like crazy. <laughs> so the, the bottom line on that is players need to be coached. The, the Patriots, for what, in the Belichick era, have been the masters of situational football. And they were in position to win that game because they had played situational football until the last drive by Oakland, where they really let them off the hook on, on a fourth and 10 by playing loose coverage and giving them an easy first down pass. You can argue that the Keelan Cole touchdown wasn't a touchdown, which I didn't think it was. Um, but given the NFL, you you know that that's going to happen. You could also argue that he was interfered with, which, you know, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have screamed about that. But the the bottom line is the players have to understand the game situation, and they didn't, or at least Jacoby Myers didn't. Um, And that's that's the coaching staff's fault. But wiping all that away, and given that the Patriots played a great situational game, they played great defense, they, 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 they played field position, took the points whenever they could get them, got the one long touchdown, the one long pass from from Myers, uh, from Mac Jones to Myers that that he completed. I mean, and Mac Jones looked awful. Um, and then a one long run for a touchdown by Stevenson. So it was a two play drive for their touchdown, but that put them in the driver's seat. 
And what you what I looked at before, that offense is just so pathetic. It, it, it's a combination of the play calling and the inability to improve Mac Jones from last year. And you you can see he's not getting that improve that improvement work. They had a drive at the goal line where twice they scored. They they scored a touchdown and Patricia had called timeout. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. nobody blew the whistle before the play. The play went, but they they called the timeout. So that took the touchdown off the board. Then they line up for a quarterback sneak and they get the touchdown again. But John U. Smith has moved, you know, resetting himself as the tight end um, on one side. This this kind of indiscipline has killed them all season long. They're not a great team, but they're probably better than a seven and seven team if they don't play stupid football. And Bill Belichick is supposed to coach unstupid football. Yeah, mm-hmm. don't play stupid football, Mike. I agree with everything you said except calling Raiders Oakland. Uh, other than that, it's all perfect. <laughs> John, they uh, they are Oakland <laughs> as a uh, slightly neutral. Um, we had a right laugh about this, didn't we? Oh, it's it's yeah. I you know, I just thought it was tremendously entertaining. I have to say, it was just one of the most entertaining things I've seen. You can you can also you could see exactly what was happening as it unclear. You could you could see like ten seconds ahead what was going to happen there, particularly <laughs> when when Jacoby Myers got the ball. Like they they, I was watching that game on Red Zone as I'm sure you guys probably were as well, and uh, Hansen nailed it pretty much. Like I was like, what on earth are they trying to do there? But he was he made the point correctly in my view that Myers kind of just saw the fact that Ramondre Stevenson had lateral to him. It's like, oh, we need to keep this alive. We're losing. Uh, that's the only kind of logical explanation, other than the fact that if he had just taken a knee, there was at least a 50-50 chance that the, the Patriots would have won that game, perhaps more. So it was uh, it was just stunning to watch. And it's a fantastic companion piece for the for the Miami Miracle of whatever that was, three or four years ago, when, yeah. uh, when yeah. Gronk yeah, tried to make that, that tackle on whoever the Miami Dolphins player was in the corner when they tried to uh, defend what they assumed was going to be a Hail Mary. Um, but yeah, it was it was just really fun to watch. And getting down to the to the coaching elements, I've just seen some chatter on Twitter and various other places like this, and some people are kind of just making the point that for for the first time, and I think Mike kind of touched on this, but for the first time in a long time, it seems that the the Patriots are getting questions about how they are coached. And you know, look, we've mentioned it a bunch of times on this show about Patricia and and, and Judge and the guys there. So there's. There's clearly elements where that, that can be improved or things that haven't performed as, as expected. But maybe how much of this comes down to Belichick, you know, assembling that team? Like, he, I'm not, I can't blame him specifically for Jacoby Myers' decision to do that, obviously. But, you know, this, they just, for the first time in a long time, they just do not resemble a well coached side. Yeah. And, and it all comes down to Belichick. You know, he's the one who prefers. Well, he's, he's, he's driving the ship. Yeah. So yeah. It's, yeah. And he, he's the one who prefers his offense run by Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, who are yeah. both failed head coaches. Exactly. Um, you know, and Patricia, at least, failed by in part by losing the team in Detroit as, as much as being kind of like tactically exactly. not very not very good. Uh, you know, and and he didn't take any opportunity to bring in a younger coach, uh, a, a skilled quarterback coach who might be able to help uh, Mac Jones along. Because, in in fairness to Mac Jones, he looked pretty good in his rookie season, and that was had to be in part because Josh McDaniels was 
was coaching him very intensely, you know, um, kind of the way you see Sean McVay, you know, did with Baker Mayfield, say, in, the, in week, you try to make everything easy for him, you make sure he understands what they're going to do, you help him with, you know, and you help him along. I don't see that necessarily from Patricia or and or Judge, um, you know, and I wonder even if they tried, are they that capable of doing it? You know, it's not something you you immediately learn you know, switching over from defense or special teams to offensive coordinator and quarterback coach. I, I, I think Bill's in that kind of situation that Don Shula was in in his last years as as coach, where his coaching acumen is not really deteriorated, but as the head coach, he hasn't been able to keep the kind of people around him that he needs to make it work. Um, you know, they move on, obviously some retire, um, you have to replace and, and he's stuck with the comfort zone rather than the challenging zone. For for a long time in the NFL, the most in vogue thing you could do was just to hire a member of Belichick's coaching staff and bring (laughs) bring him to like whoever he is, the assistant special teams guy, let's get him in here and see what he can do. You know, And how many of those people were really successes, you know, not not, not not many many, really. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a real missed up. We'll move on from the Patriots, uh, but they now sit at seven and seven, whereas obviously they would have been an eight and six team. Uh, Bengals, Miami, and Buffalo finish are their last three games. Now it's still in with a chance of making it more than a chance, twenty percent technically, statistically. But they're tricky games now, guys. They're you know th- that might be you know Where's what happened the, on Sunday might be just the nail in the coffin of the Patriots. Where's the Miami game here? Is that is that in, in Miami or in New England? It's in New England. So they, they've got Cincy and Miami at home and they finish right. at the Bills, who obviously at that stage will be may not may not want to win, but they may want yeah. to win anyway, just to yeah. <laughs> yeah, well the Bills are eleven and three. They, at that stage yeah. they could be thirteen and three. They're they yeah, may just want they may that, yeah, they may they have a, a slight interest in putting the nail into Bill's of course, coffin. A couple of years ago, the flip side of that would have happened. Patriots would have been home and hosed, and maybe the Bills would have come in and you can guarantee the Patriots would have so you, you're probably talking about the Bills starting Josh Allen still and saying, you know what? Fuck yes, the Patriots. You guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I will say about that for betters, it got me. So I had a treble. Um, it was uh, the Chargers minus three, which clicked. It was uh, it was an in-play treble. I did it as well. Sorry, during the match. So it was Cincinnati Bengals plus like 12 points or something when they were quite a bit down. So obviously that's a two out of three. And the final one was the Las, Las Vegas Raiders, or Oakland as Mike likes to call them, minus 6.5, right? A touchdown scored yeah. <laughs> with no time no, on the clock. No extra point. Has now is no <laughs> extra point. So I lost that bet. Now I would have, and I had it with Betfair, of course. I would argue that I, I would, I would love for Betfair to have said that that's a push based on T's and C's of some description, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's a losing bet. That's a real shitty one for bet. And I know when the NFL brought that rule after it was after the Viking Saints game, which ironically I think I won on because I'm pretty sure I had. The Saints sort of, I had it which way, if they kicked the extra point, I think I would have lost that day. Oh, yeah. Um, and I remember there was pictures from uh, Las Vegas at the time when people started to realize that they had decided that they would kneel down because that's what happened that day, Mike. They they brought a, the, the the units that were left and they knelt down because no one yeah. was there to kick the extra point. Yeah. So everyone was like, wait, they're not doing oh, it. And right. that was the yeah, first yeah, time yeah. that ever happened. And then afterwards, the NFL said, right, if there's no time on the clock, no one needs to do anything. Right. But you gotta think that if there's a handicap now of seven or six, yeah. and there's no time on the clock, like well, as he was Chandler Jones was running into the end zone, all I could think about is they're not gonna take the kick. 
Yeah, well, given given that gambling is now the NFL's best buddy and partners, um, you know, and, and stuff, you would have thought they would re relook at that record, that uh, rule. Uh, because uh, like the, the, a seven, like a to win by a touchdown is yeah, kind but, of a, it's like a it, yeah. you know it's it's one of the standard things. Will they win by a score or more? Yeah. You know, so for but, this you know, thing to be happening it's a, now, it's who wins the game. It's not you know by how much. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, and very quickly, Vikings beat uh, the Colts. Uh, crazy, crazy game. <laughs> Another game. just just insane sort of thing. Um, Here's we, an interesting one. I I, I love this. Who lost it, Mike. Well, like who, what happened? The Colts lost it. Let, let's put it that way. The Colts lost it, and Trey Blake, the referee, lost it. He lost his mind. Uh, they, Minnesota had two, the same guy, Chandon Sullivan, had two fumble recovery touchdowns called back because mm -hmm. the referees had not even blown the ball dead, but decided the ball was dead. You know, this is that crazy thing. And it's happened. It's happened many, many times where, where they decide the runners, you know, forward progress has been stopped and then he fumbles and someone picks it up and goes, and they haven't blown the whistle to stop the play, but they say, Oh, his forward progress was stopped there. Um, so they took that, they took one back and the second one, they actually, allowed the fumble but not the recovery because the so so that was two touchdowns that the Vikings could have had that they didn't Indianapolis had a, what a block punt returned for a touchdown and um their own intercept pick six but but this is down to Mr. Saturday uh, Mr. Saturday <laughs> yeah, night football did, you know and great. Matt Ryan who was the quarterback when the Patriots came back from 28. I was going to say, he's on the yeah. receiving end now of the two Just most famous man. comebacks in the NFL history, yeah. you can imagine. And, and, and what did they learn or not learn? One is milk the clock. Yeah. You know, don't don't run a play with 20 seconds left on the play clock. Wait yeah. till it's down inside five, you know. And the second thing is run the ball. Even if you are go three and out. And this, this lesson has been obvious since the Houston-Buffalo game, which was the previous record, the 32 points. If Even if you run the ball and you go three and out, the, the score is not the question. The clock is the question. So as long as you use up enough clock going three and out, the other team can't win regardless of whether you score, yeah. but, but nobody wants to keep going three and out. You know, it's, it's antithetical to the, to the mindset of players. And I shall point out who was the quarterback in the previous greatest comeback ever for Buffalo uh, against um, Houston. I'm not sure who Frank, was Frank Reich. Oh, there you go. And where, where is Frank Reich now? <laughs> He's at home collecting yeah. money from the Colts. <laughs> He's not in Indianapolis anyway. Yeah, exactly. He's sitting there going, ha ha. <laughs> It, it, it begs a question uh, when we talk about referees, and of course we we saw as well some controversy in the Washington Giants game where, you know, Terry is like, I'm okay, ref. <laughs> ref gives him the thumbs yeah. up. Yeah, and, and then, there, were, there, were a there were a couple. I wish I could remember one because the one in Washington's got all the attention. Um, but there was another one um, that I didn't make a note of while I was watching it on Red Zone. But literally the same situation, um, goal line, Defensive back has the receiver in a bear hug. Basically, the ball's thrown. And it was so bad that whoever the commentator was actually said, I don't see how you could miss that as pass interference. Um, you know, it, it's crazy. And I, I, I don't I don't want to rant on the refs part because yeah, you know, I do it all, I do it all the time. But Trey Blake called 20 penalties for 177 yards in that Indianapolis, Minnesota game. 
we're we're yeah we're coming off a World Cup where they brought in new technology that worked very very well for offside, and we saw it in the World Cup final itself. Argentina's third goal, which to everyone looked offside, the technology was there straight away to say the Fran- French's player Buttox was playing him onside <laughs> based on the fit, but it was a split second decision, and yet in the NFL we're using you know eyesight really to go what's 10 yards with a pillar then we're getting a cue card out at some star a piece of paper we've got referees last season we had a referee kind of initiate contact with a player himself and then throw a flag now we've got referees saying you're on you're okay thumbs up and then throwing the flag and saying afterwards oh we don't need to tell them they're on side they're meant to know yeah Yeah. well if if fifa was running yeah the nfl then you'd see that you know the receiver who's being held by the defensive back fall to the ground screaming in pain and and writhing (laughs) writhing around and then um the the defender would get uh, a yellow yellow card or or I, what i loved in the final was the stern talking to uh do you remember was, in the break was in it the final, was was it dinap was it was it dinapoli i forget which guy but he he thought he'd been fouled he was the first guy to fall down and die 28 seconds into the game and then he miraculously came back to life and then a couple of minutes later he pushed the guy who he thought had fouled him from behind against away from the play he just ran up behind, you know, just was jogged up behind him and then pushed him over. I remember, yeah, yeah. But, but the referee saw it, to, yeah. right? Yeah. He got a stern talking to in yeah, a language he doesn't play. understand, um, <laughs> which is uh, which is fair play, um, and okay. and all through. I mean, I, I just can't watch it. You know, it, it drives me crazy. As anyone who's anyone who play, played sport, the, the constant. The constant following, the arguing with the referees, the faking of injuries, the 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 hands up in the air. I didn't touch him when you know the replay. You going into the goalkeeper and put your shoulder down and 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 knock him in the solar plexus. And and even the commentators say, oh, that was borderline, you know, uh, accidental. Uh, okay, it's not. Look at the replay. It's not accidental. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. And the art. Hey, what been, have you done? I've been no screaming. Idea. I've been <laughs> screaming about it for for years and I years. Blacked out. They, just, they call it the beautiful game, right? It's it about as, it's about as beautiful as it's about as beautiful as watching my garbage collectors come and then spill the garbage cans all over the all over the street. Mike, oh, you've been right. holding this one in for a while. Yeah, you have. Okay, let's about um, forty years. <laughs> yeah. let's you, move on. The best named player in football history was Daniel Killer, who played for Argentina in the seventies and on their World World Cup team, and and lived up to his name. <laughs> his specialty was going in studs high just above the knee from behind <laughs> let's okay right let's move on we got a lot of games to cover we got games <laughs> all over the place and a reminder most of the games are taking place on saturday this week which is christmas eve for those of you who don't know and don't have a calendar or eyes yeah. and christmas um, eve is the day before christmas the 24th thank you john <laughs> thank you Thank you for the Christmas update. Jacksonville Jags take on the New York Jets in what is uh, the 23rd. It's still Thursday night football, isn't it? I'm not at the stage. It is Thursday night football. Thursday night football. It's normal. It's a pick'em game, uh, 10 to 11, but you can back the Jags as well, minus 1.5 for a bit of value, or the Jets uh, over 1.5 points, which is odds on. 37.5 is the over-under. I do believe, by the way, just really... I wanted to mention very quickly about the over-unders. We have the lowest over-under in the history of betting. I saw that today. Which is the Saints at Cleveland Browns. And that's my best bet. Is that to go under or over, Mike? Over. 
Oh right, yeah. okay. I'm taking well, that as the over as over yeah. as my best bet. I'm putting like that what you're getting in there quick. Right? <laughs> you took the his most historic low point and said it'll go over it as your best bet. Well done. Um, Jacksonville Jaguars taking on New York Jets, gentlemen. Very quickly on this, it's uh, not the 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 greatest game in the world, but Jags Trevor Lawrence again delivers a, b- a bit of a, a bit of a blow to Dallas at the weekend. They look okay. They they all they seem do. to look okay. The Jags. He's uh, Trevor Lawrence is. I'm gonna. I'll just take a little bit on this one. Trevor Lawrence is. If you look at the facts and figures for the last few weeks, he is, in theory, uh, one of the top three quarterbacks in the league in terms of performances mm-hmm. uh, at the moment. And the the Jags have won, I believe, four of six. Yeah, it's four of six coming into this game. So, they're they're you know listen they're significant. We've talked about it a few times this year. They're significantly better than they were this time last year under Urban Meyer. That's not even up for discussion. Um, but the, yeah, like I think you you mentioned at the top there, Kieran, the fact that this is a pick'em game. I think that's very pretty much accurate. I think either of these teams can really really take this one. Um, the Jets, I think, were impressive enough last week as well in the way that they held um, Detroit for much of the game until they, they lost they lost late on, obviously. But I think that they uh, the fact that they could they they stopped what is all of a sudden one of the best offenses in the NFL over the last month or two. Uh, and they kept them to, to very low points. I think they kept to the 13 for majority of the game, at least. Um, that bodes well for their chances to keep a lid on Trevor Lawrence this week. Um, but, you know, it's a pick'em game, so you can kind of toss a coin on this. But I would, um, on, the, on the just the sense of picking one, I'll go I'll go Jaguars minus one and a half. I think they're slightly more in form and they can, they can take this one on the road. Is, yeah, is I, I might like thoughts. the Jets if Mike White's playing quarterback. Um, I don't know if he will. This is it's an injury plus a kind of stri- not strategic, but but um, uh, what, what would you call it? Uh, book bookkeeping kind of thing. They, they've got money invested in Zach in Zach Wilson, um, and they might they might want to keep it that way. I thought they did a good job of of avoiding putting Zach Wilson in a in a position to lose the game um, <laughs> last week, uh, but that takes some doing and. Uh, I just like them as a team better. You're absolutely right, John. They're a really good defensive team, um, and they showed that. And I think they, they'll be just as good against Jacksonville. And to be honest, Jacksonville tried hard to lose that game to, to yeah. Dallas. You know, there was that – Lawrence had that amazing play where he spun out of a, of a sack, runs about 20 yards downfield, and then fumbles the ball back to Dallas. <laughs> And then Dallas punts it away, you know, and it, it doesn't go anywhere. We go we go to overtime, and there's the interception. Um, it, it's a, it is a tough one. Um, I, I I'd probably edge toward the toward the Jets with Mike White, um, and I'll go to Jacksonville with Zach Wilson. Well, it, of course, Trevor Lawrence should probably be a Jet if it wasn't for one victory. Um, <laughs> changed it's a very of, good point. The change changed the, the course, course of history. Yeah. <laughs> well done, Jets. <laughs> worked out well for you. I actually remember loads of Jets fans at the time on Twitter being like, "This is this it is was, such a shitty, shitty thing we've done." It was the most J E T S jest kind of moment ever. Even when we win, we lose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mike, you wanted to touch on Cincinnati Bengals at the New England Patriots, which I believe is the Sky Game. Uh, Bengals eight to fifteen, Patriots at six to four, three point five spread, forty one point five is the over under. Books, uh, books, Bengals was a good game. Um, I think it showed the problem that the books have, uh, 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 and it also showed that the Bengals are doing what they did last season, which is improving as the season goes on. Yeah, and not even that, but improving in the second half of games, which I think is down a lot to Lou Anarumo, the uh, defensive coordinator who you know who sees what they're doing in the first half and comes back. Now, uh, on 
just as a caveat, just don't Tom, do that. <laughs> Tom Brady tried hard to lose that game. I mean, that was kind of like he and Belichick kind of both imploded in the same week, yeah. which was, um, you know, the unforced fumble, um, you know, the, the really bad interception. He had two fumbles and two interceptions in the end. But what, what I what I thought about this game, Cincinnati, those three receivers are really good. Um, and Chase and, and Higgins are probably arguably, you know, the, the best two receivers on the team and Boyd's not shabby as, as the yeah. third. Now new England can defend that, but I think Cincinnati can defend new England really well because I think they'll, they'll see what the weak point, the week's points are. And what, what interests me here is um, new England are three and a half dogs at home since 2016 they've only been home dogs seven times all of which were in the last three seasons since 2020 they've lost the last five really? of those of those seven games as home dogs they won the first two in 2020 and now they've lost five in a row as home dogs and so i, I kind of think I, I lean toward you know thinking they're going to lose another one as home dogs here cincinnati the, this is the we're on to cincinnati mo- moment if you remember yeah. when when everyone was writing off Belichick after that huge loss to Kansas City, um, guys were on the worldwide leader saying, you know, he's lost the team in the locker room. I know it for a fact, you know, and Belichick would say nothing other than we're on to Cincinnati. I don't think it's going to be as easy being on to Cincinnati this week. Yeah, it could be a tough one. All right. Um, just a reminder that all those games, that including that game, and a few more that we're going to touch on that are on Christmas Eve. Again, John, the day before Christmas. 24th. Just want to make sure that everyone knows that. We'll get on to the Christmas Day game. What do they call that in Ireland? <laughs> Drinking Is day. it like St. John's Day? Um, one of the games uh, that we should touch on, um, and it's probably going to be the Sky game as well, I haven't actually checked, is on 926 on Christmas Eve is the Eagles at the Dallas Cowboys, 7-4 to four, the Eagles. They'd, uh, be fools. They'd be fools not to. Dallas Cowboys, America's team. Kieran's team, according to you guys. Um, there's been a big shift in this line um, since the news that, well, Jalen Hurts, it's conflicting reports. I, I had heard uh, from a good mate, Shefty, that Jalen Hurts is more than likely out. John, you said they think he might try. But I just saw some stuff, yeah, floating around on Twitter that, that it's not. He's he probably like in my opinion, he probably will be out, but it doesn't seem like the decision has been made as of Wednesday morning. You know, uh, and the crucial thing about this again then is that well, Eagles don't need to win it, so the Dallas have obviously moved to minus four point five on the spread, forty six or on the handicap forty six is the spread. But the Eagles' backup quarterback, of course, is the very popular Gardner Minshew, who will be coming in. But then, Mike, you've got the added sort of thing that Gardner Minshew is not practicing at the moment with the Eagles because he is at the funeral of Mike, of Mike Leach. Leach. Yeah. And Mike Leach giving the eulogy. Um, so yeah. there's that. And there's also this crazy story that he lived in a bus outside the Eagles ground for the whole off season and just came in and played and then went back to the bus. I mean, that, that would be Gardner Minshew. Yeah. Interesting <laughs> character. We love yeah. Gardner. Yeah. Are we going to see Minshew madness? Um, it's that's the, the, this is a two part thing, but, um, We'll do the second part first. Um, Minshew like is it. not as bad a fit as a Jalen Hurts replacement as people might assume because he does run pretty well. He usually runs out of scramble situations, not out yeah. of the design situations that they run for Hurts. But, you know, I mean, the big play for the Eagles last week against Chicago was they called this kind of quarterback draw up the middle 
for Hertz and Chicago decided to play single high safety and blitz the safety. So literally, if you watch it from the quarterback's point of view, he's not only got the whole left side of the of the field, the left middle of the field open, but the guy who's in the right side is coming up to blitz. So there's nobody, you know, between the the, the ends sort of in front of him. He goes for a touchdown. Um the downside of that kind of offense where your quarterback is, is a runner and the upside obviously is you have an extra person against the offense. So it's harder to defend. The downside is your quarterback's going to get hurt sooner or later. Yeah, and, exactly. We say it all the time. It's a problem. And that's, like, that's what's happened um, with hurts, whether he plays or not, I would not risk it. Um, Jalen hurts. If I were, if I were a coach, you know, if, if he's got a sprained shoulder, you, let him, let him recover. Um, um, I know, I know. I just passed it by. Yeah, John, um, yeah, he loved it. I, I gave him <laughs> I've heard it. Raise, I've heard it already. I've heard <laughs> it already all week. I've probably Ooh, used Jalen it. Hurts. Uh, <laughs> that's um, but so, so I don't think Minshew's that that bad. Uh, you know, Minshew is like it's better than putting Cooper Rush uh, behind oh, yeah. the Cowboys, and and Rush didn't do badly with the Cowboys because you know, and and Philadelphia is a better team than the Cowboys. But given that they're down in Dallas it's kind of hard to, you know, go in with a backup quarterback. And, um, you know, I think the Cowboys are telling us they're not really a, a top contender. Um, they're trying hard to tell us this in the last couple of weeks. And just as the aside, Mike Leach was one of the or originators of kind of the air raid offense, which is basically what most teams are, run, are now running variations of in, in college um, and a lot of them in the NFL. And when he was at Washington State, he recruited Minshew who played at East Carolina after starting at one's one school, then going to junior college and going to East Carolina, but he had already graduated. So he still had a year of eligibility. So he went to Washington state, turned down Alabama who wanted him to back up. I'm not sure who it was at quarterback that year. I should have looked this up. Um, but whoever was the national championship quarterback yeah. that, that season. And he decided to go to Washington state and, and in this air raid prolific passing offense he did really really well um you know not well enough to get drafted high but we've seen him in the nfl i have some confidence in garland, garland yeah, he's more than capable i think he's a good decent yeah. quarterback certainly for when you're talking about the, the backup i think he's very good um i think it'd be interesting the way i'm looking at this game if, if Minshew does play it'll be a good indicator of you know how well that offensive unit is as a whole when you remove its, its key component in jalen hurts will it still be this kind of well-oiled thing where the where the receivers know exactly what to do and where the quarterback will know exactly where they're going to be at all times and, and things like this will will the um, just the offensive line have to sort of hold for that extra half a second which will which will change things for the the, the Cowboys pass rush it, I think those are going to be the interesting questions going into this one and as well I think these are just speaking about pass rushing these are the two not the two but they're two of the best pass rushing teams in the league I think so I have a sneaking suspicion this could be one of those games. There could be a lot of turnovers in this, a lot of sacks. Uh, so I think if I'm looking at the betting line on this one, I think as of last night, the over-under was 46. I'm, I'm looking at the under on this one, particularly if, uh, if Minshew plays. Let me just check that that is still the case. Yes, it, it is. It was, yeah. 46. Yeah. Um, Mike, during your whole Minshew college, you can tell the best story about Gardner Minshew at college, which is uh, in his first year at East Carolina, after transferring from Northwest Mississippi Community College, he had two senior quarterbacks ahead of him. He decided that he planned to redshirt the season, start for the Pirates for the next three years. So to do that, he went home and he hit his hand with a hammer to break it. <laughs> what? <laughs> 
It's a true story. Yeah, he bought, bought a bottle of Jack Daniels, put his hand on the table and hit it, but he didn't manage to break it properly. Um, so he had to is, hit it like three times. Is, um, that is bonkers. And then in the end, he uh, had to give up. He couldn't break his own hand and he had a swollen ass hand for weeks and told everyone that he had slammed it in a car door. How did the truth come out? Did he just go like, oh, actually, by the way, that was me with the hammer. No, the he truth came out after the on... second bottle of that Jack Daniels. <laughs> yeah. He told it on Pardon My Take, which is okay. the Barstool podcast. And everything on Pardon My Take has to be taken. Yes, literally. Yes, 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 yes. Much like ours. Um, yeah, so that, that's all of the, the games. Any other game, John, I should ask you about the Saints-Browns game, 31.5. I mean, Yeah, that's come just, on, like, as what, I was going to, Mike kind of took my... Uh, Breath away. Out of my sails. <laughs> and, my, and my breath away. Well, uh, well, when you are ill. What yeah. is the weather? What is the weather report from? Oh, oh, I actually it's did. Gonna it's going to be. It's going to be a cold one, guys. It's going to be a cold <laughs> one. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's just. Listen, thirty-one-five. That, that, that in the history of us doing this in the four years of this podcast, I don't think there's been one lower than thirty-one-five. Has there? No, no it's, I can, it's a record for, for betting. Is it really? It is. That's yeah. a new low. And like that, a I mean, new low. I, yeah, I, I can I can understand the reason that it's there because the you know neither team the Saints offense is kind of rubbish at the moment to be honest and the Browns have not been putting a lot of points on the board but the one thing I will say is that in the three starts that uh, Watson has had there has been it's been an upward curve and I think he played reasonably well last week um, so I don't think it'll be that difficult to get over thirty one five on this it's. It, Listen, they might not, but I think that's just too advantageous a number to yeah. to pass by. You know, I think that's absolutely. Well, Mike's worth, making worth it his best bet as an under, so that's interesting. As uh, an over, as an over. over. Oh, as an over. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Not as an under. Sorry, I thought the undertaker was. I'm not as crazy as I look. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I tell you what. I watched on Saturday. I, I watched the games obviously, and I would say that after two drives by the Ravens Browns, it was quite clear that the game was going to go under. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I liked I liked the under in that one. I think I, I think yeah. I actually said that if if we talked uh, about it. So yes, um, slay the yeah. game. Great slay the Andy game. Andy Dalton. You know, you could say everything you said about Deshaun Watson, John. You could say about Andy Dalton. Do you Except some things. <laughs> <laughs> He's looked very good in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> Um, okay, so yeah, so Slater Games at 601 uh, over on uh, Christmas Eve. Then you've got at 926, you've got the one game, which is the Eagles Cowboys. You've also got a 905, which is Commanders at San Francisco 49ers. We won't touch on that because you've got late Christmas Eve or Christmas Day at 115, you've got Raiders at Steelers, and then you've got some games on on Christmas Day. So quickly, guys, Raiders at Steelers, 13 to 10, Raiders, Steelers 8 to 13. Uh, 2.5 is the spread, 39 points is the over-under. Anyone else slightly surprised that the Raiders um, are dogs to Not the really. Steelers at home? Not really, because Pittsburgh played pretty well at Carolina. Um you know, to, to control that game basically. And I, I, that was one of the games I got wrong uh, this week because I thought Carolina was improving and, and was going to, you know, be good enough to beat the Steelers at home. Yes. And I think it was a more impressive performance than, than the Raiders win over new England was because, you know, the Raiders basically had one good drive in the second half, which I, which I blame on the Patriots. And then obviously the crazy play, um, and given given that, take away the crazy play, and the Raiders the Raiders scored um, scored twenty four, uh, and given that this the Pittsburgh scored twenty four on the road, I think you might even consider going um, over in this game with the over unders thirty nine. 
Okay. Um, uh, John, I'll, 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 I'll let you off the hook on Raiders, Steelers, unless you've got something really, really crazy you want to well, tell us. Well, I mean, the only, I don't know if this qualifies as crazy, but uh, Tomlin oh. traditionally hasn't done great against the Raiders. He's just two and five against them. So maybe put factor that in. Yeah. Um, so at Christmas Day, there are a number of games. Um, we've got Packers, Dolphins, Broncos, Rams, uh, Bucks at Cardinals, which I guess when the calendar came out, maybe some of these games appeared like they would be the ones that you would shift to Christmas Day to get a television audience. Um, but they're not great, are they? I mean, like, <laughs> you know, I mean, like, it's going to be a toss up between this and, you know, Corey and Emmerdale in some houses. And I don't know. I mean, there's a lot happening in these soaps. But Packers Dolphins kick us off at 601 on Christmas Aaron Day. Rogers, Aaron Rodgers is a soap. Aaron Rodgers is a bit of a soap, yeah. <laughs> uh, 13 to 8 about the Packers. Dolphins are 1 to 2. 4.5 is the over, or is the spread. 48.5 is the over under. Uh, uh, Packers, I mean, John, you've been on their case all year, but I, just, I think they're looking worse and worse. They're, yeah, it's just not it's not happening down there for them. He's not clicking with any receivers at the moment. No it's one. really not. And it's I think you know there's been a lot of teams. We talked about the Patriots just just a few minutes ago. There's been a lot of teams that have been underperforming. Saints are another team as well. A lot of teams have been underperforming this year. But I don't think anybody can really. There's been hasn't been such a precipitous drop than than we've seen with with the Packers this year because. They've been great for several seasons in a row. That particularly since Matt Lafleur took the reins, at least anyway, they've been just really, really solid, well-functioning team. And I, like I, I don't even really know what's happened. It, it, it's is it the coaching? Is it Aaron Rodgers? Is just does he just not care anymore? Like there was that idea. Like you know, it's been two or three years in a row now where there's been so much talk in the offseason that Rodgers wants the trade out of there, or he's going to leave, or this is going to happen, that's going to happen. Has he just down tools or something? It's it's very very strange to see. And uh, but you know to have the, the the Packers at this point of the season just being you know they're not relevant to anything whatsoever. They're not in playoff talk. They're not in Super Bowl talk. They're not in NFC talk. It's it's very very odd the way I see it anyway. Um, Dolphins are another team that have been performing well lately in the last three games, but those three games uh, have been on the road as far as I know. And like yeah. Green Bay visiting Miami isn't the same as. Uh, Miami going to to Buffalo or or San Francisco like they've gone to real recently. weather difference there, John. I don't there know. Be, if there's yeah. a significant weather it's issue as well. There. And Rogers historically has not played well in Florida, oh, regardless, really, yeah. regardless of who the team who the teams are. Plus, well, he moves there in a few years once he retires, <laughs> more than likely. So he should yeah. get used to it. Plus, he'll go to Arizona. Um, plus, the um, the the Packers are on a short week because they played Monday night. So they have to travel on a short week, um, and Miami, Miami's therefore had more more time um, to to prepare. I, I, I take a little bit of issue. I thought the Packers they did two things against the Rams, um, which were relatively impressive, um, and one one was that they ran the ball. I think it was twenty eight times total. Now, if you watched Red Zone or the highlights, you would have thought that. A.J. Dillon had carried the team where Dillon only had 36 yards rushing in the game and, and Aaron Jones actually had 90. Um, but between the two of them, they had 126 yards rushing and 71 on receiving. So that's what they need to do because those are their two best players, basically. Yeah. But the other thing was he did actually find Romeo Dubs and Christian Watson a combined nine times for 101 yards, which is an improvement over what they've been doing. Dubs back. I think he trusts Dubs 
a lot. And I think Watson's playing himself into that, that kind of role as to what they drafted him for, but it's still two rookie receivers. And I agree with John, you know, the body language when you watch Rogers makes you think he's, you know, overdone the ayahuasca, um, you know, before, he's, he's before he's the game for years, he's been like that for years. He was like yeah. that when they were in the playoffs last year. I mean, he always yeah. has that. Yeah. This, he strikes me as like a very aloof player. Like just, yeah. Like Mike says, body language wise, you wouldn't even since, need to hear him talk since he's discovered the art is flat. Everything's just changed for him. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And Maybe you know, he's so been I, correcting I, his throwing angles to, to yeah. factor in the earth being flat. I, I would take green Bay if, if they were getting more points. Because I think that they have a shot at I keeping the game brave. close, and I don't think Miami's as good as people want to believe they are. Um, Tua's not the MVP, Kieran. Um, I never said he was. I literally um, never ever <laughs> said it. And and um, but I but you have to go with Miami here. Um, I think you might go under. I'm not sure about that. The, yeah, Green Bay won't score. 40, 48 and a half is, is kind half? yeah, yeah like is kind of high uh, is kind of high i think for this one um the, the key is whether green bay can keep uh tyreek hill you know uh, un, under under wraps basically which last week they did a pretty good job of that he had you know seven catches i think but most of them were short passes they weren't giving up the deep ball waddle will kill you once or twice if you do that but i just don't think two is you know a good enough passer to take advantage of that Mm, okay. Um, I, I, I have no idea why it's at half seven, but there is also a game at half seven, which is the Broncos at the Rams, which I'm going to skip because I'm allowed because it's going to be absolutely <laughs> dreadful to move to the final. 36, 36 and a half on that. You might, that's another one you might even consider going under, even though it's a low over under. I mean, the Broncos just are under all the time. Um, the final game we look at is the Bucks at Cardinals, uh, which is on uh, at 121 in the morning. If you're still up, uh, which you probably will. Uh, one to three, the books, uh, Arizona Cardinals are 23 to 10. 6.5 is the uh, spread. And 41.5 is the overall. As we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, guys, well, I did because I'm great at everything. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals can't win at home and uh, have only won once. They've lost all their home games. That's so astonishing. If you've got a season ticket, uh, you've basically seen them just really, really be crap all the time. Uh, <laughs> books, it's funny, books have a record that some teams have in no chance of making the playoffs with and the books are likely if they win this <laughs> to have a home playoff yeah that is the nfl <laughs> ladies and gentlemen <laughs> how do we see this one going who wants to take it i'll go Gone. for it yeah told you the christmas day game for yeah, yeah, yeah exactly nobody's too, too enamored about this game uh yeah kieran you're, you're right there it's it, it seems like the books are just going to limp over that finishing line, you know, doesn't it? And, and, and win that really, really bad division that they're in and, uh, and get there. But this is a, this is a game that's kind of set up as well for the Buccaneers to, to, to do just that, particularly the fact that it looks like from, from what I was seeing anyway, that the Cardinals are going to be down to the third string quarterback for this one after um, Colt McCoy went down last week. So yeah, this is. <laughs> yeah. Trace, Trace, Trace McSorley as in, Trace him, yeah. <laughs> just a trace of Mick Sorley on the on it's, the field. It's not that this this isn't a game that jumps off the page at you and saying like this is going to be yeah. three hours of outstanding entertainment on, on no, the thing. But I, I, I think uh, just to I'll just get my bet in. I think it's I'm just going to go under forty one and a half on this one. I think I don't mean to be uh, unoptimistic or anything like this, but I just everything about the game under four bucks team against a Cardinals team who can't win at home and are with a third string quarterback it doesn't scream points. Yeah. Out, so. it, it, I mean, the, the strength of the Cardinals right now is probably Isaiah Simmons and Buda Baker. 
Right. You know, and and absent they uh, absent them taking advantage of Tom Brady mistakes, I I think the Tampa even giving six and a half can probably take this on, uh, on the road. Um, but that's about it. I I, I like to you know I, I'd almost take the under on this too. But I I think this could be the game. But we've been saying this for like six weeks where Brady actually has a really good game and and takes advantage of it. Um, I'm more interested actually in the Monday night game um, where I think the Chargers can can win on the road, even giving three and a half to Indianapolis. Oh, okay. Okay. We skipped ahead there about a game I, I don't think I was even going to talk about, but there you go. There yeah, you go. That's, the, la- that that's the last one of a very extended week. Yeah, yeah. it's a very extended week. I, I should just clarify. I don't know exactly what figure I gave there, but the Cardinals are one and seven at home at the moment, and we're right. saying they're going to go one and eight. They're three and three away, which means they had lots more home games this year. So you would have thought at the start of the season, they're like, oh, we got loads of home games. We're going to win. Um, so if you have a season ticket for the Cardinals, you've seen seven losses. Can we call the Chargers Colts game like, Boxing Day football or St. Stephen's Day football or something? Stephen's Day here at Boxing Day yeah. where you are, Mike. You can call it whatever you like. Chargers oh, or Colts. Thanks, Karen. That's, that's no problem. <laughs> uh, I want you guys to think about your best bets. I have a little... Uh... <laughs> well, I'll see you. I've already done that. <laughs> <laughs> Happy uh, Christmas, guys. <laughs> I'm just checking something here while we... Uh, that uh, there is a uh, I want to let you know about a bet five get five promotion that's taking place in the NFL over Christmas we've been picking a game bet five on it you'll get a five pound free bet bet five on it bet builder um, it, it's the Seahawks Kansas City Chiefs game this weekend so uh, do have a look at that one as well um, John best bet my best bet Kieran I'm looking at the Buffalo Bills at Chicago Bears game today Um I think the Bills' ability to put points on the board has been long discussed in this show. Nobody needs us to go into too much depth on that. They have arguably the best. I'll give you 20 minutes. They've (laughs) they've got one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, They're one of the most high-performing offenses. They're playing against a very poor Bears defense in this game as well. But one little note that I was looking at is that Justin Fields, the Bears quarterback, obviously, he needs around 70 yards per game for each of the last three games to break uh, Lamar Jackson's record for the most uh, rushing yards for a quarterback in NFL history in a season. So I think that he will kind of have that on his brain a little bit. And I think the Bears have a capability to score points in this game too, which is why I'm looking at the scoreboard ticking quite a bit and for it to go over 40.5. It's thirty nine point five now, so you're even better, even, even better, <laughs> baby, even better. There you go, uh, Mike. You're sticking with the over. Um, yeah, in the... after John's weather report, I'm quite happy to to stick to stick. To stick Don hasn't mentioned that in, um, I believe it's Wyoming today. It's minus fifty seven degrees Celsius, which is a record. What um, is that possible? Yeah, 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 yeah. What? There was a weather warning put out by their. What's service. that? What's that in real numbers? No, that's it's. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's eighty. I believe minus eighty Fahrenheit, Mike. I'm not sure, because um, when I lived in Montreal, we got down to minus 40, which is where I think it's 39.7 is where this where the two scales cross. So, it's so, like, so like minus 40 was minus 40 Celsius and Fahrenheit. Um, it is. Um, yeah, it, I believe it's Wyoming. Um, it's, it's Cheyenne, actually, is where Cheyenne, it is. Cheyenne, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. It's going to be. Uh, very, 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 very cold. Uh, so minus 29 Google has, but I have... Is, is Josh Allen going back? 
just to acclimate acclimate himself. He'll fly out there for a day and then fly back to Buffalo. Um, my best bet is everyone's favorite America's team, Dallas Cowboys minus four point five. Oh, like surprise, surprise. Yeah, hey, I won last week again. So Chargers minus three, nailed it. Yeah. Um, so, well, I won too. You know, Giants and Giants and uh, commies um, went under as as predicted. So you know. Although I, I, I'm back to like eight and eight on the best bets, which I think is pretty pathetic. But there you it go. is. But you're not meant to say where you are. We're I'm probably in the lead, end. though, in this group. Oh, I don't know about that now. <laughs> um, and that is us, gentlemen, for Christmas. A little bit longer than usual. So hopefully, dear listener, you were you were okay with that. Yeah, this um, will get you through the Christmas pudding. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Is there any Christmas messages before we go, John Baff from Mike Carson? John, you got anything to say to the listeners about Christmas? Maybe Happy Christmas or something? Uh, let's go with Happy Christmas, Kieran, in that case. Well, yeah. Eloquently yeah. put. And Mike. We're, in, we're, in hard, <laughs> we're, we're in hard times, you know, the over-under on Santa is 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 kind of you know kind of like uh 28.5 yeah what's the over under for Kieran, kieran's uh, irish coffees this this weekend i do like one <laughs> 10 or 12 i do have i do also have an 11 month old here so it's kind of difficult to get smashed drunk why is she is she is she taking irish coffee out of your mouth <laughs> um anyway merry merry christmas have a absolutely to all our listeners thank you so much yeah. for joining us throughout the year we are back actually next week there's no stop the train keeps on the track uh, we're back on the 28th, uh, which is seven days from now, John, just so we're clear. Um, and uh, we'll be covering all the games that weekend. Hopefully we'll have a few winners there. So have a wonderful yeah. Christmas. Enjoy everything. Enjoy all of the games. And Mike, have you something to say? Or are you? No, I have a question to John. What, what is it that you call the day before New Year's? New Year's Eve. Oh, oh. Thanks. Thanks, John. <laughs> Wish really I knew good that. at this. He is so <laughs> good at this. <laughs> thanks for listening. There? Please gamble responsibly. Have a lovely Christmas. We're back next week. Goodbye. <laughs>